I'd like to welcome everyone to this podcast episode featuring an enlightening Q&A with Jack Rusty O'Kelly. Rusty heads up the board consulting and effectiveness practice at Russell Reynolds Associates, one of the world's leading executive search, leadership consulting, and advisory firms. Russell Reynolds uses trends and insights culled from companies around the globe to help its client base stay competitive. The firm's consultants take this data to customize client-focused consulting solutions to meet their clients' talent and human capital management needs. At the board level, Russell Reynolds has a dedicated board effectiveness and board consulting group made up of corporate governance experts, lawyers, management consultants, and current and former public company directors. From my vantage point here at Hunt Media, I certainly see a growing need for these governance-related consulting services coming in the next few years. As always, I'm your host, Adam Shapiro, Brand Development Leader at Hunt Scanlon Media, and this is Talent Talks. Nothing is more important to a company today than driving culture. What is sometimes overlooked is where this effort truly begins, in the boardroom, where every decision carries the weight of the organization on its back. Corporate boards, therefore, need to be recognized, shaped, and fostered for maximum effectiveness. Russell Reynolds Associates recently set out to capture the essence and behaviors that create a high-performing board culture and that drive board effectiveness. I'm honored to be here today with Rusty, who co-authored this just-released report. His task is to break it all down for us, to take us inside the boardroom, and to reveal how he and his colleagues are taking boards from good to great. Rusty, welcome. Thank you, Adam. It's nice to talk with you. It's our pleasure, Rusty. So why did Russell Reynolds conduct a survey focused on board culture and director behaviors? Well, there are several reasons. Um, Our our board clients are always talking about board culture. Um, It comes up in several contexts. First, in the recruiting context, they want to ensure that board candidates are the right cultural fit. So natural that naturally they would talk with us about that. Second, in our consulting engagements, um, we our boards want us want us to help them ensure that the board has a culture that allows it to be effective and that allows directors to contribute. Um, third, we do a lot of uh, we have a lot of conversations, do a lot of research with institutions. Last year or so, they have become increasingly interested in board culture and as they are beginning to engage with directors more uh, beginning to engage with directors more uh, they want to understand board culture better and what makes an effective culture and finally in certain cult- countries and in certain sectors such as the US financial services sector regulators are very interested in board culture so with culture being so important to so many stakeholders and most importantly our clients um, we wanted to have hard data on a global basis about what were the attributes of an effective board, uh, particularly from a cultural perspective. Um, And we wanted to have director behaviors we could screen against for recruiting purposes. So we selected about a dozen countries uh, so we could have comparisons across continents. Um, We went in with some hypotheses and we were really pleased with how it all turned out with 369 directors from 12 countries participating in the survey, 
we got a huge data set. And this is the first data set that really focuses on board culture and not on board mechanics or board processes. This was a culture-focused survey. That's very interesting, Rusty. Sounds quite groundbreaking. And the results are very fascinating, but to you, what was the most surprising result? Well, I mentioned we went in with some hypotheses, and, and we thought that depending on the country, whether it was India or Japan, uh, Australia or Brazil, uh, the UK or, or the Netherlands, that we would see some differences in how directors prioritize the most important behaviors. Um, well, what was the big surprise were that the top five were the same across all the continents. We stipulated for the purposes of the survey that high integrity was a must. It's a given. That's table stakes. But we asked directors who participated in the survey to prioritize what were the five most important. And across every geography, uh, all five continents we surveyed, they came out in the same, not just the same behaviors, but in the exact same order, except for one. Uh, Japanese and Indian directors said that the willingness to constructively challenge management when appropriate, they ranked it as one rather than two. But the other top five behaviors were in the same rank order. That was a big surprise. Yeah, that is very surprising. Although it does make sense when you really think about it. So, Rusty, how do boards put the top key director behaviors into action? Uh, it takes focus and work. Uh, first, boards have to understand their current culture as a board. They have to understand director behaviors and their attributes. And then as a group, a board needs to discuss and agree on what is our desired culture. Uh, many boards just sort of fall into a culture. They all have a culture, but few of them actively try to set a culture uh, that's explicit with everyone and with you know, attributes uh, commonly understood, you know, other than collegiality, respect, trust. Again, those are the basics, but really defining the, the, the culture they want to achieve. Um, second is they recruit for these behaviors. So when they are looking for future directors, they, they recruit for them. So they'll have, a, they'll have a, a, a cadre of people who share common values, common behavioral attributes. Um, third, they have directors who are part of a feedback process. You know, so many boards that we've seen and worked with, directors don't get individual feedback, either from the board chair or the NOMCO chair. And so constructive feedback can really have a positive impact on board culture and board dynamics. And then fourth, boards should be willing to engage in conversations about overall board effectiveness, about, their, about contributions uh, that the board is making to the company. And boards should be willing to conduct a real evaluation process. It can be internally driven, but it has to be more than a tick-the-box exercise. Um, in the UK, boards have an external evaluation uh, every third year. And we find that this process really helps them get a fresh outside perspective on the effectiveness of a board. But those are the, those are the four things that we see boards doing in order to drive effectiveness. Well, thank you for that inside knowledge. I'm sure many out there can learn from that advice and those four key components. So can you tell us what highly effective boards do differently than average or low-performing boards? 
Well, this was a very interesting uh, a set of learnings we've had. You know, intuitively, we knew that high-performing boards um, ha- do some things differently. For example, they have a very effective chair who is an effective facilitator. Um, they have strong relationships with senior management, and they focus on the long-term horizon for strategic, long-term time horizon for strategic decisions. But now we have data on it, and those are the top three. And we found that the boards that are great versus those that are good and those that are poor performing have those three things in common. And this is globally as well. So those are the three things that the, the most effective boards do. Great answer. That's, that's fascinating. I hope you are all taking notes out there. So, Rusty, what should boards do to ensure they are high-performing and effective? Well, there are, there are three or four things that I would think of. First is undertake a board effectiveness review against the five behaviors and the, and the three factors we identified in our survey that drive effectiveness. That can be an internal assessment uh, driven by the board and conducted solely internally, or it can be with an outside board consulting group such as Russell Reynolds. Um, second is review the roles, skills, attributes of the board leaders, you know, both the chair of the board and the committee chairs, and pay particular attention to the behaviors uh, that we identified as important for all directors. They really need to be demonstrated uh, by the board chair and by committee chairs. Um, third is ensure that the strategy development process is taking the long-term perspective five years more into account and that the board really reviews and challenges the strategy and hold management accountable. Uh, and then finally, review board composition against the company's emerging strategy or its, its strategy it's set uh, and be clear on the board behaviors that are desired. I think those, those four things are what we see high-performing boards doing on a regular basis. They're always looking for continuous improvement. Uh, As a group, they have a continuous improvement mindset. Well, I'm sure many of us, you know, not in the board space would really not understand how much goes into that and how looking at culture and reviewing every component uh, truly makes a difference. Well, Rusty, that was awesome. Thank you so much for your insight and perspective today, and I hope you enjoyed it. Adam, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, no problem. It's our pleasure. And that's all for this episode of Talent Talks. I'm Adam Shapiro. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here soon.